Welcome to Habits for Your Happily Ever After, where we get clear about your marriage communication. Because when your relationships are strong, you're able to concentrate at work, reduce conflict at home, and receive support for your dreams so that you have the courage to live your best life. I'm Rebecca Mullen, a relationship coach living in Western Colorado, and today we're going to create a big batch of date nights. We'll look at the three types of dates for the lover, the friend, and the partner. You'll learn to set the stage for your date night summit so you both come to the table full of ideas and you'll improve your invitation game by learning how to back up and be patient when you invite your sweetheart on a date. Is it hard for you to think of creative dates? Let's say you're ahead of the relationship curve and you actually set aside a dedicated time to spend with your sweetheart doing something special that grows your relationship. Woohoo you! You and your sweetheart arrive at the appointed time for the date to begin and you look at your sweetheart, what you want to do? And your sweetheart looks at you, I don't know, what you want to do? Listen to this clip from the Jungle Book that made me laugh when I was a little girl. Look, Flaps, first I say, what we're going to do? Then you say, I don't know, what do you want to do? Then I say, what we're going to do? You say, what you want to do? What we're going to do? What you want? Let's do something. Okay, what do you want to do? And the conversation goes back and forth. Want to go get dinner? Nah, says your sweetheart. Too expensive. Want to take a walk around the lake? It's almost dark already. So instead, you settle on seeing what Netflix has to offer and you order a pizza. Nothing wrong with Netflix and a pizza. I'm all about the casual comfy hangout. But if this is your only date, the only thing you do with your sweetheart for recreation, your relationship feels stale pretty quickly. Because in order to nurture the three roles inside your relationship, partner, friend, and lover, you need a variety of ways to interact. Unless you or your sweetheart are a party planner, it's probably hard to come up with ideas for a fun and bonding date night at your house, especially if you're tired from having just worked all week. This week's habit for your happily ever after is to invite your sweetheart to create a batch of dates that will nurture all the complicated roles in your relationship, partner, friend, and lover, and all their various interactions. But before we get to the habit, let's talk about why it's important to have a variety of date night ideas and how to get those varied roles to sit down at the same table and agree. A couple weeks ago, I looked my husband in the eye and said, I'd like to have some time to plan a few great dates for 2023. Can you be mulling that idea over and let me know when it's a good time for you to have a date creation summit with me? Now my husband laughs. And then I say, what? Why are you laughing? I say this as my voice gets higher and my shoulders cave inward and I try to hide my heart. You, says my husband, just you. Now, ages ago, this comment would rack me with insecurity. Me. I'm too much, too precise, too plannery, too idealistic, me, too, too, too weird. But over the years, I've realized that all of my idiosyncratic habits, like wanting to call a conversation about planning dates a summit, just because it sounds fancier, all my oddities are part of what makes me, me. And reminder to myself, Rebecca, Dave picked you. 
And your sweetheart, dear listener, your sweetheart picked you. And the reason I'm telling you about this vulnerable feeling is that when you take time to truly care enough about your relationship to batch a bunch of date ideas, you're going to feel vulnerable. And you may meet with a bit of resistance, both from inside your own heart and resistance from your sweetheart. Here, I'm going to quote my coach friend, Allison Evans. She wrote a recent piece called, If You Hate Resolutions But Still Desire Change. Allison talks about how strong emotion, like my vulnerable caved-in shoulders and my voice raising up an octave, almost always hides a desire for the thing you're resisting. Allison's point is to notice that resistance because it's helping you to identify what you truly, truly desire. I'm here to urge you to lean into that resistance. A deeper, more intense, more compassionate relationship lives on the other side of your resistance to drop into intimacy with your sweetheart. So invite your sweetheart to gather together some date nights and then back up. Give your sweetheart some space for this resistance. Let the idea roll around in their brain. We're trying to invite in ideas, and ideas are skittish. They scare easily. So part of setting the stage for this summit is to do the background preparation work that is truly the hallmark of a great invitation. If you're pushy about the planning of anything, including your batching of date nights, you'll get a partner who grudgingly goes along or even worse becomes an outright saboteur. So take a tip from me, invite your sweetheart to map out some date nights with you and then let the ball linger in their court for a little bit. Okay, back to my house and my invitation to my husband. A couple of days later, I tore up some scraps of paper. I put them at the end of the dining room table with a pen, and on one of the scraps of paper I wrote, day hike in the San Juan Mountains. I showed the scrap of paper to my husband. I really want to go someplace new in the San Juans this summer. My husband, who was making his coffee, asked, cool, where in the San Juans do you have in mind? See what I did there? If you've been listening to this podcast, you all know that I'm a strong partner in my relationship. I've told you plenty of stories about how I like to plan and like to control. And when I say partner, I'm referring to my relationship framework, a partner, lover, friend. Partners are good at achieving together. Lovers keep life exciting by creating adventure. And friends are good companions and help you feel like you belong inside the relationship. Now, because I'm a strong partner, I'm often in a hurry to get a plan made, to have the details settled, and to get everything onto the calendar. But did you see how I reined in my partner energy by planting a seed early in the week? I asked David to mull over the idea of sitting down to batch some date nights for 2023. Then I didn't say anything else for three whole days. This is monumental self-control on my part. And when I did say something, I chose carefully to wake up my husband's adventure-seeking lover by saying, I want to go to the San Juans and hike. My husband's strongest tendency is not partner. He doesn't like to plan. 
He doesn't like to be told what to do. He doesn't like to be pinned down. If you listen to Gretchen Rubin's podcast, my husband is a classic rebel. But he's softened and I've softened. I now know that in order to seduce the partner that's buried deep inside my husband, I need to first appeal to the lover who wants to do something fun and exciting. Then once the adventure-seeking lover is on board, David will be eager to make a plan with me. I showed him my scraps of paper and where I'd written hike in the San Juans. Then I asked him, do you know of a time this week we could sit down to have our summit about dates for 2023? He wasn't sure and said, let me drink my coffee first. Now, I'm a morning person. I am ready to leap into the day, but this is not my husband. But people, I am so proud of myself because I was patient. Because how you handle the conversation about a batch of date nights is going to flavor the dates. I didn't want David feeling like I was tying him down. I know, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that I'm his favorite person on planet Earth. And I also know he's a rebel. So I can't make him do anything he doesn't want to do. Then I wanted to circle back when he hadn't answered me by the end of the afternoon. I wanted to say, the summit, when do you want to have it? But more than I wanted a plan, I wanted to plan with my husband, the guy I wanted on all my fun dates in the future. I had to have a little chat with my inner partner. Hey, sweetheart, I know you have a plan, I told myself. Your husband wants to do this. He just needs to be able to choose the moment. The next day, I scooped up another piece of paper and wrote, clean the garage. Now, this may not sound like a fabulous weekend date to you, but to me, it's heaven. I love the feeling of working together on a project, and I adore the feeling of shared accomplishment at the end of the project. Now, here's evidence that my husband has changed over the course of our marriage. Years and years ago, I would invite my husband to clean the garage with me. Except it wasn't really an invitation. I'd say, I think we need to clean the garage. Now, that doesn't feel like a high priority thing to my husband, and he'd procrastinate, and then I'd take his procrastination personally and think, he doesn't value what I want. He doesn't value me. He doesn't value our house. I told myself these stories, and then because I didn't feel valued, I'd get blamey. David, you never helped me. So one year, when David asked me what I wanted to do for my birthday, I said, I want to clean the garage. He didn't believe me. That's not special enough. That feels like work, not play. And I told him, work is play to me. I'm the most relaxed when cleaning out a closet. And a light went on inside my husband because he does know how much I love to clean out a drawer or a closet or any organizing especially if it involves colors and containers. And so for my birthday, we took the whole weekend and truly overhauled the garage, which had been bugging me, but it was also overwhelming me. I was having a great time. I had fizzy drinks, my favorite, and ham sandwiches, another favorite, and I relaxed because I wasn't worried that I was trying to manipulate Dave into doing something he didn't value. I had confidence he wanted to do this weird thing because he wanted to do something special for my birthday. 
David built a rack for the skis, and we organized the camping gear, and that mixed-up pile of nails and screws and an old hinge and a brick sample, it all got taken care of. I even painted the workbench cobalt blue, and I was so happy. I kept saying, isn't this fun? And my husband would smile. It wasn't his choice for fun, but he was lit up because I was lit up. In the months after that cleanup weekend, David kept coming up with other solutions to make the garage even more organized. He hung our bikes from the ceiling. He added a light fixture. Each time he made the garage better, it was like a party for me because I loved the organizing, but mostly because I saw him caring about what mattered to me, the date I had always wanted to invite him to share with me. I learned to lean into the resistance he had. He thought cleaning the garage couldn't be fun enough to be a date. I learned to lean into my inner resistance, which was the vulnerability I felt inviting David to join me in a date that was all about me and what I think is fun and what I knew would not actually be fun for him. Then, Instead of blaming or shaming him about the garage, I also learned to be unabashed about how happy the garage date made me. When I resisted the vulnerability, I checked in constantly. Is this okay? Do you mind doing this? Or, thank you so much, as if I was the only one who was going to benefit from a clean garage. Your sweetheart will grow to care about the things that you find fun only if you give them a chance. In the years and decades before the garage festivities, I badgered Dave about helping me. I blamed him because he didn't help me, but I never invited him by telling him that to me, this will feel like play. You'll wake up parts of your relationship that are sleeping if you do this. What is that thing you love, 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 love to do, but your sweetheart doesn't yet get it? How can you invite your sweetheart to turn that something you long to do into a date with you? Okay, let's go back to my dining room table and the scraps of paper for 2023. Ironically, it was when I wrote Clean the Garage on one of those tiny slips of paper that my husband woke up and got it. Oh, oh, my wife likes to make a plan. He'd forgotten because that's not his natural go-to. Then I also felt Dave realize, and I love being around my happy wife when she's happy because we have a plan. He gave me time right then. Oh, let's sit down this afternoon, said my husband. My invitation and my patience paid off. If I'd rushed my invitation or pressured him, our afternoon of brainstorming date nights for the year would have felt completely different. But it was fun, relaxed, easy. We were both full of ideas for 2023. This week's habit for your happily ever after is to invite your sweetheart to plan some dates for the coming year or the coming couple of months. 
when you create an invitation to do something new, it takes a bit of finesse. You saw how I asked David if he wanted to plan some dates with me, and then I sat back. It's critical that you invite instead of telling your sweetheart, this is what we're going to do. That's not an invitation, and it doesn't hone the mindset you're trying to create. Give your sweetheart room to mull and ponder and maybe only half hear you. What makes for a great brainstorming session for you and your sweetheart? What time of day would be ideal? Is there anything like maybe a snack that makes your invitation more enticing? And then repeat your invitation. But remember, it's, not, it's an invitation, not a shove, not we should do this. You want a sweetheart who genuinely accepts your invitation. There are three sorts of dates you might want to imagine in your brainstorm session. Spend some time thinking about the date you'd most like in each category. The lover who wants to take an adventure, the partner who wants to achieve something together, and the friend who wants to know and be known. Use one of your date night ideas to sweeten the invitation you offer. Patience and staying in your own lane will pay off. Do you know what my favorite moment was in this year's brainstorming session with my husband? It was the moment between listing out hikes and local rivers to kayak and dinner with friends when David, my husband, suggested the daytime date of washing the windows. Washing the windows, I said, why do you want to do that? Because I know that my wife loves to do projects with me, and I like clean windows, so this seemed like something we'd have fun doing together. Imagine how you'll feel when you practice having these kinds of conversations with your sweetheart and then your sweetheart because you've invited instead of nagging or shoving and you've been patient while they got up to speed with your invitation, then your sweetheart will choose one of your dates because they love to make you happy. It helps me to grow my podcast when you press that little follow button up in the corner of the podcast. It would also help me a lot if you'd take a quick moment to send this episode to a friend of yours who could benefit from creating a batch of date nights. Word of mouth helps to keep this podcast growing, which keeps me here talking with you. We've arrived at our date night discussion. There's three questions for this week's discussion. There's no particular order to these questions. The first question isn't really a question, it's a story. Let your desire shine. Tell your sweetheart a story about a date you love, but it might not seem all that appealing to your sweetheart. For me, it was cleaning the garage. For my husband, he'd want to look at a map together and plan an exploration. For you, it might be a sport your sweetheart doesn't adore or having a conversation when your sweetheart isn't particularly a talkative person. Remember, this is the time for you to highlight your desire and why you think it's so much fun to have that date. Because joy is contagious. When you let your joy expand, 
your sweetheart will love seeing you so happy. David does not love cleaning the garage, but he loves to listen to how many ideas I have for organizing camping gear because he can see how happy it makes me. I don't love maps, but I see my husband light up when he unrolls a map. And when my husband is happy, I mean that abandoned life is absolutely fabulously happy. He looks confident and his joy makes him so sexy and I want to be near him. And oh, all of a sudden I'm interested in looking at a map. So that's the first discussion. Tell each other about a date you've had previously or a date idea you have for the future that you think is over the moon fun. The second question truly is a question. Ask your sweetheart about their fun date idea that you're not wild about. Sweetheart, you say, tell me about the date you wish I'd take with you, but you don't invite me because you think I'd hate it. Ask them why this idea appeals to them. Get them to tell you the whole story of the fun that comes with this activity. When David starts showing me things on the map, I get drawn in. I ask about the elevation lines on the map. I ask him to tell me how he makes sense of all this stuff that mystifies me about maps. The idea with this second question is that you begin to cultivate some enthusiasm for your sweetheart's idea that wouldn't be your first choice. Because when you show you're interested, it gives your sweetheart full permission to dive all the way into what they love. And it's fun to be around someone who's all in no matter what they're doing. Okay, number three, last discussion question is embrace the alone date. Do not say yes to a date you do not want to attend. It's this veto power that makes this whole batching of dates possible. This is where your invitations truly become invitations because an invitation means you can say, "Mm, that's not for me. But then please, 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 please encourage your sweetheart to go without you. Huh, that sounds like a great idea for you to do with Todd or with Paul, I say to my husband. But that's not for me. But I really, really, really want you to go. And I want you to put it on our calendar so I don't accidentally schedule something that would get in the way of you getting to do that. When your sweetheart does things they love away from you, who do you think they want to run home to tell about how much fun they had? And guess what you got to do all day while your sweetheart was gone doing their own thing? You got to do whatever made you happy. So both of you are happy, and then you come back together, and you talk about how you each had a good time. Next week, we'll dive deeper into dates specific for lover, friends, and partners, and we'll talk about some ideas for making a game out of putting those dates onto your calendar. That's it for today. I'm Rebecca Mullen, and this has been Habits for Your Happily Ever After, where we get clear about your marriage communication. Because when your relationships are strong, you're better able to concentrate at work, reduce conflict at home, and receive support for your dreams so you can have the courage to live your best life. If you enjoyed this podcast, I'd be grateful if you'd send a link to your friend. Habits for Your Happily Ever After is produced by Grace Smith. All our music and sound comes from Walk West Productions. I'm Rebecca Mullen. Thanks for including me in your relationship today.